What is up, guys, and welcome to the Daily Traders Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Cody and our special guest, Shark. Now, just to preface this real quick before we get into the episode, uh, Mark is busy flying around in a helicopter in Miami. Um, no hate. I'm honestly jealous of him. But today, Cody has joined us. Cody actually joined us in a few previous episodes when I was out due to a mountain bike incident. Cody's a great trader. Excited to have him as my co-host. And I'm excited to have Shark. Shark is has been trading for five years. He's an intraday trend trader uh shark how you doing thanks for joining us hey thanks so much for having me yeah of course man quick disclaimer uh we are not financial advisors we cannot give any financial advice nothing said in this podcast should be taken as financial advice the full disclaimers is in the description below this episode is sponsored by the rumford group now the rumford group is picking up where wall street left off filling the gap in trading education and connecting you with the most experienced traders in the world if you click the link below right now and use code podcast, you will receive 10% off. All right. Thank you to the Rumford Group for sponsoring this episode. And with that said. So today, uh, PMI numbers came out. Do you want to explain to the viewer uh, what PMI is? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of looks at, um, uh, you know, the consumer, yeah. you know, and, and how they're doing as opposed to... Um, uh, CPI, which, you know, has to do with inflation and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the, the market right now is very, um, headline driven and very sensitive, you know, even though we've been on a nice uptrend recently, yeah. um, you know, any type of news can, you know, as we've seen, throw a wrench in the market, either up or down. Um, so, you know, with the producer, uh, you know, prices index, um, you know, I've seen it react a few ways, you know, I've seen days and I believe it was in December because I was looking back last night over some historical data of how the markets reacted and trying to see, you know, uh, you know, ha ha what, what, what happened, you know, did we go up, did we go down, you know, and how did that figure into what the market did, you know, and I've noticed that sometimes the market reacts and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and today was, was, was kind of interesting. Um, uh, we did come in lower, but we were at a real interesting spot, you know, in the market, we came up, uh, into that big 400 level again. Yeah. And, um, we were already, we were down, we sold off a little bit, you know, the previous day, but then, you know, bank of Japan had come out with some news at like 10 o'clock talking about, you know, what they're going to be doing, trying to work on their inflation. And I saw the yen fell off, fell off a cliff, the dollar shot up, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, but so I wasn't really sure what to expect, you know, coming into to PMI today, but, um, I, I knew I had some, some levels, uh, and, and, uh, you know, drawn out, of course, that 400 psychological on, on spy. Um, cool. uh, I don't know what that relates to on, on, uh, on ES for any futures traders, but, um, but. But yeah, it seemed like we were going to have a choppy day again, you know, but I've also been watching, you know, this rising wedge on SPY. We had, you know, a few updates, uh, you know, in a row. And I, I think I posted on my Twitter, you know, everybody seems to be getting real comfortable buying calls over the last week. Yeah, I saw so that. Actually. It's starting to get me a little like, hmm, you know, the contrarian in me started to get, you know, and I knew we were approaching some key levels. Yeah. So um, although, you know, PMI this today seemed pretty muted, you know, it went up. It went down. We really didn't do much when the when the news came. It was kind of a little pop, and then 
Uh, and then we opened and it seemed choppy and I thought, oh, great, you know, we're going to get another choppy day today. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've been watching this trend line uh, for a couple of days and that rising wedge on the daily that I mentioned. I said, OK, well, I know for at least for the bear case that if this breaks, you know, that then, you know, there will be some pretty good sell reaction. And um, and today it did break. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to capitalize on that to the downside. Nice. Yeah. So you talk about trend lines and, and market structure in one of your tweets and uh, using this to plan trades. Can you tell me how to effectively use trend lines as many beginners struggle with this concept? Yeah, I think the the rule of thumb for, for, for most trend lines is you want to be looking for at least, you know, three points of contact along the trend. Okay. You know, and for me, I like to start always with the, the longer timeframes. I think a lot of um, traders, um, especially when starting, you know, because even when I started, I was trading on the three minute chart. Granted, I got my start in like small caps. And then, yeah, sure. You know, I do know successful traders that use like the three minute. So I can't completely, you know, there's a hundred ways to, uh, you know, skin a cat, yeah. you know, as they say. Uh, but um but for me, for my style, you know, I, and as you mentioned, being intraday trend trader, you know, I'm looking for bigger, bigger moves within the market intraday. I'm not really interested in taking a 15 cent scalp. I mean, that could be helpful if you're trading with like a million dollar account or a really right. big account, you know, but that's not really realistic for a lot of traders. So um, for me, you know, I like to, you know, make, let my winners work for me as long as I possibly can. Um, because then you're really going to get the most value out of that position, you know, and, you know, I work with, uh, newer traders all the time and, you know, uh, I always hear, you know, oh, I sold it too early. Oh, I sold it too yeah. early, you know? Um, and of course, you know, you have your targets and you never know how far the stock is going to go up or down, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely an advocate of scaling out of a position yeah. along the way. You just don't hold full hardy, you know, hundred yeah, percent. Usually cheaper, those traders know. that are like, you know, oh, I wish I would have bought sooner. Oh, I wish I would have sold. They don't really have a trading plan at all. <laughs> right, right. You know, they're, right, they're, exactly. they're just gambling or they just don't know enough about the market yet. Cool. Well, all right. Yeah. So, so you just mentioned a tweet where you talked about people seem to really like buying calls. I, does that pertain to like order flow? You're watching order flow? Uh, no, well, I do have, um, well, what, what do you mean by order flow? Like um, options flow? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I do have a, you know, a great, um, options flow scanner, whale stream, mm-hmm. um, you know, who I would recommend, but I, um, you know, I, I take it as another piece of the puzzle because unless you're actually sitting there with the person who's putting in the order, you really don't know their yeah, true intention. Hedge, you don't know if it's a butterfly, iron condor, if it's naked, you know, a lot of new traders especially think that. You know, the big guys are just taking directional only <laughs> trades, you know, yeah, uh, BG, big, but that's not the case. Yeah. They're just not doing that. So they also could be and, you know, they also we a lot of people myself sometimes forget. I have to remind myself that options were originally um, created as a hedging tool mm-hmm. where it's the head. You would get a short maybe, you know, on some puts. Uh, and then, you know, you'd be long a stock. So that way, if, if you were wrong on either direction, you could adjust and you know there's various strategies that you can do even within buying or selling yeah and it's still it's still widely used as a hedge especially by um the big guys do you want to touch on like what option order flow is for beginners who may not know because i remember when i used to hear option order flow delta gamma exposure all this i was like kind of uh very confused as a beginner and then once i learned i actually use order flow myself so i'm curious uh what can you explain that for the uh someone who's starting out 
Uh, yeah. Uh, well, basically, uh, you know, on, on any option scanner, you usually see uh, three types of orders. There are sweep orders. Um, there are orders that are big enough that they have to be routed through multiple exchanges at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are block orders, which is just, you know, one order that comes through. And then, of course, right now I'm, I'm uh, oh, a split, a split order. And that goes through two. Yep. Uh, exchanges. So those are the three main different type of, you know, big options flow that, uh, that you'll see. Um, I think sweeps are usually the one, you know, people usually you'll hear on Twitter, what people talk about golden sweeps. Yep. And I think they have a threshold that has to be over a million in premium, uh, routed through obviously multiple order, you know, with the sweep, um, that uh, people like to pay attention to. But again, I don't ever really base a trade just because I'm seeing a bunch of puts, a bunch of calls coming in. I'm lining it up with my thesis, my, you know, my chart, what I'm seeing, you know, because again, you don't really ever know what the person who's entering that order's true intention is. So I think that that's the biggest thing, just because you see a bunch of, you know, puts coming in or calls doesn't mean that you blindly follow it. You check your chart, you have your plan and, you know, you try to assess what the best, you know, course of action is. But, you know, I would really highly recommend not just to buy it because you see it, you know. Nice. All right. Yeah. So we, you know, we're just talking about PMI. Now we're talking about uh, option flow. So, and also in your tweets, I see you talking a lot about fundamental information, um, such as bank deposits, credit card delinquencies, as well as other macro information. So, what do you think the perfect balance and importance is in following this type of information as a technical day trader? So, paying attention to what's going on in our economy, even though you're just trading with technicals, how important is it to know what's going on on a fundamental level? Uh, the macro level, um, if you're a nerd, yes, you know, but <laughs> no, in, uh, you know, in the, in the normal sense, it's, I don't think it's very important. And, um, you know, you'll hear some traders like they'll get caught, uh, you know, not, not this past run that we just rejected to, but the last one when we run, when we ran just up to like, what was it four ten or about the last time we made this try to break this giant downtrend. But, you know, I saw so many posts saying, I don't understand what's going on now. Of course, we did roll over, but um, so many traders were, oh, what's going on? You know, um, you know, inflation is still up, you know, uh, what were the other, the war in Russia, you know, and, and like you said, the bank deposits, the consumer is getting weak, you know, auto loans, we're having a big issue now in the, you know, the car market with auto loan delinquencies, and now they're being an excess in, uh, of, uh, in the, uh, the car um, space. Um, those things take, um, you know, months, if not years to play out, you know? Um, so as far as an intraday trader is that none of that really makes a difference to me, or I'm not going to be just swinging based on macro data, unless maybe it's, you know, if I'm doing maybe leaps, or six month out contract, something like that. But for an intraday trader, you know, price action is what is most important. You know, it doesn't matter. The chart in the market doesn't care about what is right or what your feelings are or mm-hmm. what you think should be happening. It's going to go ahead and do whatever it wants to do. Um, and, and yeah, you, yeah, you got to pay attention to, uh, or get react right to the market. You're not trying to predict the market. Oh yeah. No, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm so happy you said that, you know, because on my journey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really big into um, always growing and evolving as a trader. I try really not to stay stagnant. I'm always trying to learn new things and perfect what I'm really good at, you know, the most. Um, but that's been a big thing to me kind of uh, recently about 
um, you know, our job as traders. And, and of course, yeah, there is an element of prediction. But but for me, I didn't take the short right at 400. Now, yeah, you know, I, I could have and probably would have got a better entry. But um, and that is a trade. That is a valid trade, you know, uh, and, I, and I would under certain circumstances take a trade like that. But um, but when I saw the trend line break and I saw the um you know it come up price came up and kind of retested that trend line break i said okay i've got a confirmation of a break of this longer uptrend now i know that this is a really good you know short opportunity um because i have the the the, uh confirmation and now i'm reacting to what price is doing instead of um being at shaking the short at 400 and kind of more of a prediction and that's too where i've i've kind of mm, like loosened up on how effective i think that um patterns are you know i still play them i love you know there's nothing i love more than a good bull flag or a bear flag you know i mean but my stock that i put pun intended the stock that i put in them is is a little bit less as i've grown in my journey uh, more so i'm looking are, are we over these key levels in spot you know, i trades by a lot you know are we over these key levels you know uh what's the market sentiment on the day these things are becoming more important to me than if I see a flag or or not, uh, which has been interesting and part of my growth that that's come into you know my journey. Well, cool. All right. So, um, t- speaking of spy, I was scrolling through your tweets before this episode, and I this one tweet really caught my eye. And you said, "Fate of the market resting on three ninety three. Now, do you think the market's just going to implode if we go below three ninety three? I kind of took this as uh, oh. <laughs> very doomsday sounding post yeah no um i was just speaking about intraday mm-hmm. um because i i had i knew that 393 was important you know we'd come and tested it a few times couldn't break below it so i knew that you know there was a lot of uh bidders there hanging out and um yeah it was just an intraday post that <laughs> i knew that if we broke that and confirmed that we'd probably see a pretty sharp sell-off into the close and um, we did and luckily i was able to capitalize on that Okay, yeah, that's that's what I I hope we're not imploding if we go below three ninety three. So, wait, one thing that a lot of beginner traders struggle with is kind of establishing some type of pre market routine, and making sure they're consistent. As consistency is a huge part in becoming a profitable trader. Can you walk me through your pre market routine from establishing levels and creating a plan to actually executing that plan? Uh yeah, well, and I'm big into that. Um, you know, but to be honest with you, I do my my um homework before oh, like, okay. like i'll probably do it uh, you know after we we're done with this you know or maybe in an hour or so okay, nice. so i kind of you know i have my thesis i'm already looking and you know so that way i can kind of just wake up kind of see where we are in the market and and then you know make a you know kind of you know form you know adjust things if i need to but i have 90 percent of my work done already before um, the day starts. I just do it. You know, I'm a bit of a night owl anyway, so that just kind of works for me. Um, but usually in the morning, what I like to do is to kind of walk outside a bit if I'm not walking, uh, you know, a, a dog, or just kind of just get out in the sun for a second. Um, and because uh, I know I'm going to be looking at a screen for you know the next bit of time, so I like to kind of ground myself and maybe do some stretching, just get the blood flowing, and and get you know my mind like you know, in the right place to be able to perform, you know, at, at the best of its ability. So, 
Um, you know, I'm not a big coffee guy or anything like that. I usually just drink water. Do you water. trade um, from 9.30 to 4, or do you like to trade just in the morning or afternoon? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, the, I took a short trade today. I think it was uh, 3 o'clock or something like that. Um, no, so, yeah, as I see it, you know, I'm a big advocate of not over-trading. You know, I like to, you know, um, teach my students that you need to have at least three reasons to get in uh, a trade. Um, you know, if you don't have three reasons, um, then, you know, it might be something that you want to take a second look at. Um, now I know obviously there are other styles out there that people that are like to scalp and do things like that. But for me, if like you're taking 50 trades, I'm like, there's just no way that you found three legitimate A plus setups or B setups that, I mean, you know, I've seen people be profitable doing it though. So I can't really say, but it just doesn't, it's just not for me, you know, um, yeah, you know, I'm getting older and it's just not the type of trading that I'm, I want to do. And that, like I said, that I feel is the best to like, to stretch my dollar as far as I can go. You yeah. Know? You, you hear people talking a lot about trading, um, you know, finding a style of trading that goes along with your own personality, which I think is important. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I can't knock it, you know, so I always have to say it just doesn't work for me. And all I can do to, you know, my students are like the advice that I can pass along to people is what works best for me. So yeah. um, if that works good for you, then that's good. But I, I, I'm just a really big proponent of less and less is more. I mean, there's been so many days where I've traded over traded and I'm, I'm green and then I'm red on the day. And that's just the most depressing thing, you know, so I try not to do right. that. Yeah. Right. All right, guys, we're going to cut to a quick break here. And the next segment we are going to get into his trading strategy and also how to grow a $500 account and be profitable. Why this episode of the daily traders is sponsored by the Rumford group. The Rumford Group is connecting you with the most experienced traders in the world, filling the gap in trading education. All right, thank you to the Rumford Group for sponsoring this episode. And with that said, all right, and we are back. All right, so I'm curious, what is your biggest loss? Ah, you want to, uh, yeah, you want to bring out the, uh, the the old dirty laundry? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest loss. Gosh, it must have been, it, I think it was about $32,000 uh, <laughs> one day. Um, you know, I kind of have a funny story about it too. Um, you know, but I, I, you know, yeah, so it didn't feel real, you know, and obviously after it happened, it just, you, you know, it's really hard to put in the words about how something like that feels. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, basically obviously broke every rule in the book i was oversizing it was on uh facebook before it was it was meta they were zero days mm. um i was on a super hot streak in my trading so i was overconfident um and oversized yeah. and uh, meta had a uh, relative strength on that day and you know i thought that it was a friday you know and i thought that you know, the SPY was kind of selling off a little bit. So I thought we would get a, a push into power hour, which we did on SPY. But, you know, with the theta and um, meta really just didn't react with SPY. And it just it just was a disaster. I was already I already should have been stop, like had stopped trading because I think I was already down 7K to begin with. And then at that point, I was just full tilt. Mm -hmm. And it just. Oh, man. So, yeah. So. Yeah, when I started trading, man, it was like sometimes it was 
I would kind of forget it was like my actual money. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'd be like, yeah. oh, okay, it was just two grand. And then <laughs> it's like, holy crap, you know, I lost two grand. That was a lot when I was a beginner. How long ago was that big loss for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. That wasn't uh, that wasn't even that long ago. That was um, about when did they, probably this, a, when did year, this a year and a half ago, maybe maybe two years ago. Okay. Time, time's been flying over this last, you know, right? Yeah, the COVID period. So, but yeah, no. So it was it was a decent amount into my trading journey, you know. But it was actually for me the best thing that that you know I really think happened to me because um, although I was uh, profitable, um, so my equity curve I don't think was as consistent as it could have been, you know, due to occasional oversizing and things like that. Um, so for me, it was a really good wake up call to really hone down even more on, um, all that kind of stuff to, you know, have a, have a, a better, uh, equity curve, you know? Yeah. So my follow-up question for you was how did you come back from losing a trade like that? So, you know, for example, beginner trade sets up, they work their, you know, probably like a low paying job and they put a thousand dollars in a trading account, they blow $500 and, you know, I remember when $500 was a lot of money to me and I would have been pretty devastated losing that much money like that just by making a bad trade. So how um, how do you go about recovering from a trade like that and getting back into the groove? Well, um, there's a there's a couple of things. I mean, one, you know, you you know, you have to obviously review the trade and know what you did wrong, recognize your mistakes, recognize the psychological things that attributed to the mistake at that time. Um, but, uh, unfortunately there's no magic pill or magic bullet because everybody's journey is so independently psychologically, you know, related, you know, what, um, you know, what my issue might be, it might not be, you know, your issue or, you know, Mike's or Johnny's or whoever's, you know, um, but, um, the other thing you can do is go back into the simulator you know, for a couple of days, uh, or take a couple of days off. Um, you know, every trade is a, a unique event, its own event. So just because your last trade was a big loser doesn't has nothing. It doesn't remember, you know, it has nothing to do with, doesn't mean your next trade is going to be a loser. Um, uh, you know, and if you broke certain rules, you basically paid for, it. I mean, that's kind of like the, you know, the tuition and you have to kind of, I, I really think that, you have to be brought down to your knees kind of until this point where you're just like, I'm done losing money. Like I'm done. Like I'm at the rock bottom. That's the only time you're really ever going to change where you're just brought to that level of despair, <laughs> you know, because unless you get there, you know, you'll just keep kind of taking them. But, um, you know, I think taking some time off, going back to the simulator just to get a little confidence, get a little mojo back. Um, and then of course, you know, not repeating the same mistakes, making sure you're sizing, you know, if you're normally doing a 10 lot, you know, maybe go down to a three lot or a lot just to kind of, you don't have as much risk just to get a couple of wins, get your rhythm back with the market and say, okay, okay. Now, you know, I'm back in my groove. Um, and then you can go back to your normal size. Yeah. Do you have like, I think the. Do you have like a general rule of thumb for sizing? I normally go by the 5% rule. So if I'm doing like some type of risky options positions, I will never do more than 5%. Yeah, yeah. The textbooks, you know, will say 1% to 2%, you know, maybe 3%. But that's usually for a bigger account and understandably harder for smaller accounts. 
Um, but, um, yeah, the, the, the smallest you can do, especially as you're learning, um, is going to be the most, you know, advantageous, um, you know, if you're trading with a, you know, $300 account, obviously, um, you know, uh, you know, one contract might be 30% of your account, but then I would really recommend looking into different underlines. You know, they're, they're maybe not the most fun to trade. Uh, but names like PFE, BBAC, you know, Pfizer, Bank of America, maybe Wells Fargo, maybe, um, um, you know, there's a lot of small caps now, though the options liquidity isn't that good. But, you know, even AMC, I hate to say it because, you know, it's such a, <laughs> you know, the cult meme stock, but um, they usually do have some vol- decent volume. The spreads are tight. You know, it's like a $6 stock. You know, it has a wide ATR, can do 8% in a day. You know, you can put on $30 of risk and maybe make 50% on that. Mm, so yeah. that's great. Easily. And then would you recommend? So don't, don't, yeah. So forget about SPY, forget about Meta, you know, forget <laughs> about Amazon. You know, go to stocks that fit your portfolio better instead of trying to train the bit. Because you want to have at least three contracts, you know? Yeah. So you can be able to scale out. Otherwise, I mean, it's, it's real tough to, to hold, you know, one contract to 100%. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. And then can you talk about like selecting the actual contracts? Because I could go buy, you know, a five dollar zero DTE contract on SPY, but it's it's ten strikes out of the money and it's it's you know, it's super risky. So how do you go about do you like to have in the money, right at the money, uh below the money? How do you go going about that? Yeah, I mean, at the money is you know generally kind of kind of the safest. Although you can uh, see better returns being slightly out of the money. You know, usually as long as you have a twenty-five delta, you're usually okay. Uh, you know, but um, if you're too far out of the money, it's definitely going to cause an option. And I think also it's important to kind of know your stock's average true range. You know, the ATR. Yeah. If you're trading something like Apple, which on a big day, Apple is up maybe 3%. You know, I've seen it to 4% on a super day for Apple. You know, I think I saw one day where it did 6%. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, unlike something like Tesla, which does 6%, 4% easy, you know, without even batting an eye. So if you're trading something like Apple and it's trading at 130, you know, probably 150 calls, you know, for an <laughs> flag or an uptrend is probably not the best you know not the best uh yeah you know, use, use some common sense. because you know it doesn't move like that so you want to get a little bit closer in that case but usually i would say i think a good rule of thumb is at least uh, 25 but for new traders i would definitely say you know stay away from the zero zero days you know because okay they're just gonna be uh you know on spy they're cheap but doesn't mean that they're the risky the Right. Okay. Um, hey, real quick before we move on, because I want to talk about growing a small account and the challenge that you're doing. Uh, can you just explain what Delta and ATR means for people who might not know just real quick? Yeah. Yeah. ATR, the average true range is just the, well, basically what the name says. It's the, it's the, the, the uh, range that it usually average moves up or down in any one direction. So, you yeah, know, would, and there how would are different, you use that? um, uh, you would use it to be able to, um, you could use it also with like fib extensions. Okay. Well, I, don't, I mean, since we're not trying to get too technical, <laughs> you can just use it with your own levels, um, just to maybe, uh, see if, uh, price targets and then also, you know, where you want to exit and if something's overextended or not, you know, are you going to get in a stock that's already, you know, 5% or whatever, 3% over its average true range, does it statistically 
um, you know, have the chance to go further? Statistically, no. So it might not be a trade that you want to take. It's real quick, if you can explain Delta and what they means in the option Greeks. Oh, yeah. Delta is just the um, for every basically the, the quick one is for every dollar that it moves, whatever the Delta is for every dollar and the underlying price uh, movement you're going to get that much return. So like a Delta of 30 for every dollar, you're going to get 30 cent return on your contract. Um, but another actually way to look at it is actually it's the percentage chance that your strike is going to get in the money. So mm-hmm. if you have a 30 Delta, it means you have a 30% chance of actually getting in the money and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, so the higher the Delta, usually the bigger contract loss or um or gain depending on how it moves yeah so it's essentially the risk all right so now i want to talk about what everyone's been waiting for so you're doing a 500 account challenge on your twitter um explain how you plan on growing this account substantially pertaining to risk management and trading vehicles uh as many of our viewers are in the same situation trying to grow a small account but struggling as growing a small account is probably one of the hardest things you can do as a trader yeah, yeah, I like to do this time to time. I've had I've done it with varying success. You know, I've I've blown up a couple. I've taken a couple to, um, you know, a few thousand, um, and then you know called it. But uh, I think that you know, for me right now, uh, you know, there's a lot of volatility in the market, so it's a good opportunity to you know be able to make money, um, even though it's it's a bit trickier with the the wild swings. Um, I'm mostly focusing on intraday price, uh, price action. Um, I'm trying not to trade zero day, you know, zero day lotto options, but obviously with the account size, sometimes I, I, I admit I have done it, um, did it today, you know, but I, I, I like to do it on days that we do have a strong trend day, um, uh, because, you know, the theta on those, uh, the, the time decay, the amount of, uh, um, uh, the amount of time that your premium will depreciate uh, can come into come into play if you're chopping around. You know you can get you know you lose a lot of money like that. But um, but yeah, no, I'm just trying to you know show something realistic because I've seen other challenges as well. People do it, but they just go all in every time, and they might be they're they're probably great traders too, so they can like get go get away with going all in, and then they take five hundred dollars and bring it to like thirty thousand dollars in like two weeks, and it's just not realistic for someone that's starting out. And I just hate it when I see these things on Twitter because they're not taking accurate position sizing. Five hundred dollars, you're getting in. A hundred dollars, 120, 65, 70 bucks, you know, I mean, trying to keep it as small as possible, um, within reason. Um, and, 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 um, and, you know, if you have a trend day, you know, like I said, I'm a big proponent of holding those winners for as long as you can, you know, you want to water the flowers and you want to pick the weeds, you know? So, you know, getting, if I can get in at, you know, say 60 cents, but I end up selling it at, you know, $2, you know, and, and able to hold through that on a trend day, you know, that's, that's a great day. Totally. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, of course. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm just trying to do this. I'm doing it with my buddy, uh, one million, another great trader on, on, uh, on, um, Twitter. And, you know, we just wanted to kind of document it and kind of show something a little bit more realistic. Um, 
you know, and of course I'm doing it in my room. I could fail flat on my face, but we're, we're trucking along and, you know, it's a lot to put yourself out there because obviously it's, it's harder. You know, there's a lot of things I can do on a bigger account that I can't do. I can get out, I can get back in, you know, I can do all sorts of things to kind of save myself if I kind of need to. Mm. But, um, but the main thing is about discipline and consistency and risk to award, you know, I'm risking one unit, you know, to potentially gain three, four, five, you know, not taking one-to-one trades. Um, and, and, you know, discipline. And, and, I, and I, I like it too, because it forces me kind of to be really like, just not sloppy, like, you know, 100%. And I think it's just good you know because it just it just yeah. helps when me get even me and uh, jack went down to new york to see chris katie uh one of the first things i noticed was note cards on his desk and he had a, all of his rules listed out right there and he looked at them every single day you know because as humans we forget things and the last thing you want to do is be in a trade and forget your rules yeah i like that oh yeah that. yeah yeah it's horrible because you know just back to that facebook loss that i took became like a deer in headlights, you know, just full tilt. You just have no, you just keep on adding in, you know, this trade is going to work no matter what, you know, and that's where a lot of people get into trouble. Um, you know, because like I said, the market doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about what you think it's going to do what it wants to do. Um, the only thing you can control is what you do. You can't control the market. So that's, that's obviously the, um, the, the million dollar question that every trader is trying to, to uh, answer and defeat for themselves. Right. And speaking of not being able to control the market, you were just talking about a trend day. So can you talk about the importance of noticing the quote unquote type of day and adjusting your style for that type of day? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another thing because today we had a bit of a trend day, even though we were down only, you know, one and a half percent, maybe, um, you know, I like to look at market sediment uh, a lot, you know, um, uh, on think or swim. I don't know if Weeple has it. Um, I know Robin Hood doesn't, um, but you can get it on Finviz. You can see like a heat map of the market, see, uh, or if you can have any access to the market breadth, um, see if it's positive or negative or how, you know, uh, you know, if it's, you know, what, what kind of the ratio is. Um, another way to do it is if you set up a watch list, um, you know, in your toss or in your broker um, of all kind of like the big stocks, and then you can list them high to low. And just look at the ratio of how many are green versus how many are red. Um, this is going to kind of give you a, a map of what the sediment is on the day. Obviously, if you see more red, you're going to know there's overall weakness in the day and you might have more of a trend day. And that's a day where you can push on the gas. You know, you want to be a little bit more aggressive. But if it's um, looking at that um, that ratio and seeing, you know, if it's a, if it's a chop day, um then adjusting your plan, going more into a scalp type mindset, smaller position sizing, Reversion you know, the, the, the markets only trend, I think it's maybe 15% of the time. So the norm for markets is actually consolidation. So, you know, you want to adjust your sizing, you want to, um, you know, maybe take profits a little bit quicker, um, take the, you know, your first scale out. If you have five contracts, maybe take three or four off. Um, on those days, right off that first scale, you know, secure, secure your profits and see if you get one runner. Whereas on a trend day, uh, where I see the market being weaker generally or stronger, um, I might just take off two and let the rest kind of ride. Uh, so, 
I think that's a big thing because everybody wants those big, you know, 100% wins, 200% wins, but that's just not a realistic and it's not going to happen all the time. Right. Those big wins they see all over TikTok and Instagram and Twitter of traders. Yeah, like, it's me. not like that. Yeah. It's not like that. I always say like, you want to see like a real trader, just look at like how tired they look. If they look really tired, then you know, like they're really doing it because it's, it's not the Lambo and uh, dollar bills. You know, it's a lot of work, a lot of discipline. And it's definitely not easy. The thing I like but most it's worth about it trading is, you, you know, if you have like a $10,000 account and you get good at trading and you can actually like scale an account from 10000 to 100000 with a good uh, strategy, you know, there's a good chance that you can take that $100,000 account and scale it to a million over time. And it, it's not going to be overnight and it might not be within years. You know, that million could be within a couple of years, you know, or 10 years. It, it, it's all about yeah. you. So. Yeah. Well, hey. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The big thing is, you know, go ahead. I was going to say we're uh, we're actually coming to an end here. We're running out of time, but I'm gonna let. Uh, please finish your sentence. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh uh, no, I think that you know it's a good ending note, and especially you know for um, a lot of new traders uh, that are out there. Uh, you know, I know you know kind of your audience is, is um, you know uh, has a lot of that demographic. Um, you, you know, it's. Uh, you know, you're, you're building this, this castle brick by brick, and it's not what you guys see on, you know, on the, uh, on the internet a lot, just with the, the, the Lamborghinis and the watches and all that, that is just like marketing. And, uh, the reality, the truth is that it's hard work. It requires a lot of discipline. Um, if you're making 2% a day, 3%, think about what you, uh, you get in your savings account on an annual return you know? Uh, so I just think that it's important and I want to stress not to put so much pressure on yourself as a new trader to be making huge wins. Consistency, little, you know, brick by brick is going to build, you know, you know, your, your fortress. And that that's the main thing. It's not about taking 500 to 20,000 in like two days or whatever. That's just, you know, it's both. It takes, you know, just, you really got to focus. If you love it, you have to love it. And if you do, it has uh, unlimited potential for, for whoever wants it. It doesn't care if you went to school or anything, you know? Fantastic. I love it. All right, real quick, before we wrap up the episode, I just wanted to ask you uh, if you have any trading psychology tips for our viewers out there. I know trading psychology, I personally believe psychology is more than the game than the actual technical skills. Anyone can learn how to chart, but it really takes a true tra trader to master the psychological skills required to become profitable? Yeah, I think the big thing um, is that we lose self-awareness while we trade, you know, and, and I definitely, you know, in my biggest loss, I lost all, you know, I had no can kind of control over what I was doing. So I think the biggest thing is, is, is being able to take a step back, and I even have a little alarm on my phone, you know, since I'm doing it all, all, all day to, uh, okay, it, it rings every 30 minutes or so every hour and says, okay, how are you feeling? What is your emotional state at this time? Just take a step back from the market and um, say, am I feeling, you know, anxious, FOMO? Am I over trading? What am I doing right now? And am I at the best um uh, place mentally to be able to be, be making the best decisions, you know, cause we're paid on our decisions as traders. I really uh, so like I that. think self-awareness 
Yeah, I think just having that, taking that step back periodically throughout the day. Um, if you were in a fight, say with your significant other or something, maybe it's not a good day to trade. You know, if you're pissed off about something at your job, I used to trade at my job, you know, all the time before I started doing this full time. You know, if your boss is pissing you off or you have a big project, maybe it's not a good day to trade, you know, because uh, you're going to make stupid decisions. Um, so just making sure that you, you are take a step back throughout the day and refocus yourself, say, okay, how am I feeling? What am I feeling? What am I doing? Am I in my best place to be able to make the best, most competent decisions that I can for myself? And if the answer is no, then shut it down or size down or walk, you know, walk away, you know? So, um, I think that that's, that could probably be the best thing. And then, you know, noticing those patterns in yourself. Once you notice your heart rate going up and you're getting anxious, all right, that might be a warning sign for you. Sweet. So, yeah. Try to step away. Fantastic advice, everyone listening. Um, I, I hope you heard that and <laughs> are like, you know, thinking about it because that's really, really important in this journey. So that concludes today's episode. Shark, what is uh, your Twitter so everyone here can go follow you? Yeah, it's um, it's at Shark Trader um, on Twitter. Oh, wait, uh, underscore at Shark Trader uh, on Twitter. And um, it's uh underscore trade with shark on instagram i'm I'm on there somewhat i'm not as active as i should be but those are two two of my social media soon i might get a youtube coming with some market analysis every day and some trade nice. reviews so um definitely follow me on twitter uh for that and hopefully i'll be getting some of that content out for everybody. cool cool well uh, we'll put your links in the description all right guys that does it for today's episode shark thank you so much for coming on we'll see you guys in the next one peace bye Oh, 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 oh,